Welcome back to Dropped In. I am so honored to share our very special guest, Whitney Walker, with you today. Whitney Walker is a licensed marriage and family therapist who specializes in addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. She also works as a recovery coach and spiritual guide. Whitney owns a private practice in the California Bay Area, where she sees clients, couples, and families. Whitney incorporates spiritual concepts into her work, including the return of the divine feminine to our world and moving from a place of fear to love, releasing self-destruction and rejection to embrace unconditional self-love and acceptance. These ideas form the concept of Women Waken, her business and vision for the future. Whitney created the Women Waken podcast, a holistic guide to wellness and abundant self-love, along with an accompanying YouTube channel. So please ensure you check her out. In today's episode, we discuss the importance of embracing our divine feminine self. We really dive into healing trauma to find true romantic and self-love. We really dive into breaking cycles of seeking love in places that we can't find it, aka addiction. And we both connect deeply on our stories and our journeys, which are very, very similar. So I can't wait to drop in with you today. And before we do, I have a message from one of our sponsors, Satnam Sessions, your virtual wellness studio filled with all things to support you in unlocking your self-sourced power. There are over 110 offerings that include breathwork, meditation, power practices, full kundalini yoga and meditation practices. It is such a robust wellness studio. And you are invited to check it out for free for 14 days. So ensure you look at the show notes to grab your complimentary invitation inside Satnam Sessions. And so let's drop in. Welcome to Dropped In, Whitney. I am super stoked to be here with you and to share your magic and medicine with my community. And it's so great to be connected and to really drop in today in all things mental health, addiction, spirituality, the divine feminine. So really excited to be here with you. So how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm feeling good, Megan. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. So I would love to know kind of um, your background, what you do. How did you get into the work that you do? Yeah. So I am a mental health therapist as my profession. I let's see, I got licensed about five years ago and I specialize in, I think you had mentioned this as well, that I specialize in addiction and substance abuse, then also spirituality and trauma. So those are sort of my main focus. 
And I got into or, or pursued the path of being a therapist because I did a lot of my own therapy starting in my mid twenties, where I felt, uh, completely beholden to my past traumas, to insecurities, to just low self-esteem, self-doubt, and, you know, just really succumbing to forms of self-destruction, whether it be through an eating disorder, which I suffered from or substance abuse, you know, being careless and reckless with my body, with my relationships, just all these things. And I reached that point, which I think a lot of people do in their twenties, where you just kind of find you're on your knees and you're like, I can't live this way. Right. I was destroying myself. I, I hated myself in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, um, it's a brutal battle. So I went to therapy. I did a lot of treatment. I ended up getting sober when I was 29 and all of these things just led me to, well, one is to be really curious about why, why does this happen? Right. Why, why do I dislike myself so much? Why is it the hardest thing in the world to find love and acceptance of myself and feels the most inherent to feel disgusted or you know, reject myself. Mm -hmm. And I was so confused by that. And, and it seems like a, a condition of, you know, humanity at this point where people are more likely to reject and self-destruct than to accept and revere themselves. So, um, between that and my own experience, I knew that I wanted to spend my life exploring this question and also helping others who find themselves in the position I was in, which is that dark place where you don't want to be here. You want to give up the fight. It's too hard. It's too brutal. And yeah, so that's how I got on my track and I got licensed, was able to start my own practice in part, thanks to the um, pandemic, because I was able to set up shop just with my laptop and a desk. And I, you know, started seeing clients virtually and I loved it. And I was able to put my own labor to it. You know, I'm, I'm very spiritual based, spiritually minded. That's what helped me a lot in my healing journey was to look into these higher concepts of who am I really? Am I really just this body? Because that was a big part of my self-rejection was thinking that I was just a body. And then that's all I did was scrutinize myself. And I felt not enough. And I felt not lovable because of how I looked and how I was perceived and, you know, getting to see the bigger picture and say, could I consider that maybe I'm something more than just the physical. Mm, Oh my goodness. I love this conversation. And I love how the universe brought you into my world because we have very similar stories, very, very similar stories and very similar paths. So it's an absolute honor to have you here and to share you with our community. So thank you. Incredible. So I know you're really passionate about embodying body and like the divine feminine. So let's open up the conversation around that. Like what specifically is the divine feminine for those that aren't necessarily familiar and why are you so passionate about that? Yeah. So I like to describe that the divine feminine is the the expression of what we would call source, the universe, life, love into the physical world in terms of, you know, divine feminine really is just an energy And there's both the divine feminine and masculine, right? And I always think of the masculine as the brilliant creation that springs forth from the roots of the feminine, right? The feminine is the root system of the plant or the tree that knows the value of honoring life, of sustaining life, making sure that life is nourished, 
making sure that life is uh, held and nurtured and not just discarded. And then again, the masculine is that which can grow forth from a healthy root system. And so I think of divine feminine is the expression of source into the world, because it's just as I was speaking about my personal experience, what I was missing was any sort of innate knowing that I was loved just for me, just because I'm here, because I'm a part of the universe of God of source. I did not know that I wasn't told that I wasn't given that message growing up. I was given the message that most people get, which is, well, you better make sure that you are impressive and attractive and successful and popular because otherwise you're not going to make it. You're going to get left behind. You're not going to be loved. You're not going to be worthy. You're going to have no value. And I believe that to my core. And so I fought every day of my life to attain what I thought I needed to be able to accept myself. And to me, the divine feminine is that which shows you and holds you in the space that says you don't have to do anything. Just you as you are is lovable, is enough, is worthy, is of value. And again, that's one of the messages that we just don't get. And it's a concept that we don't honor. And I don't know why, because it's actually the most, it's, it's the strangest thing because that's just what is true of us. Yet we've, as humans, we've developed this idea that no, we, at our core, at our nature, we are not, we are nothing. You have to prove yourself. You have to earn a living. You have to make a living. All these things that are action words, right? So very masculine principles, right? Prove yourself, push yourself, achieve these things. And then you can be a value and worth. And the feminine again, is that which says, but don't forget that no matter what you can do, because the thing I, I'm not disregarding the masculine at all. I love masculine energy. I actually have a ton of masculine energy uh, because it's, it's about that excitement, right? To me, it's the creative spark of existence that says, Ooh, what can we do now? What can we bring into existence? But when it comes from a place of necessity, you do it out of fear. You do it out of greed, which is what we see now in our world. We do it out of a yearning for power to prove ourselves. But if we do it from a place of the divine, then we know that we don't have to prove anything. We don't have to force anything. We don't have to exert control over anybody in order to be of inherent worth and value. So that's a long-winded way of saying that I just believe when I think of the divine feminine, it's that place that, nothing, that never changes. It's that place inside of me that whether I had a good day or a bad day, whether I won or lost, whether I was rejected or accepted, that says you are always still loved and you are loved, you are held and that it will, can never change. Mm, oh my goodness. I love, love, love that. And I, as you were sharing that, you know, I was just envisioning because of the work that you facilitate and because of, you know, your history, would you say that there's a, a lack of a disconnect or a complete disconnect from the divine feminine in the world of addiction? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an apt description. I, I mean, I would, I, there's no way to actually disconnect fully, right? There's actually something known as they call it the silver cord, which that's more in regards to the soul, but it's the idea that when we are not honoring, caring for and nurturing our bodies, our soul will almost kind of take leave a little from our body. Cause it will say, this is, I can't, this is not comfortable that I don't like it here, but it will stay connected through this silver cord. 
And I described that in my addiction journey that when I got sober, what's so scary about that place is I felt a million miles from myself, Mm -hmm. right? I felt like I drifted so far. I didn't know how to embody myself, how to sit in a place with myself where I could just be. And because I was, when you're in addiction, you're so used to escaping, right? Everything is like, oh, there's a feeling like, oh no, I can't handle that. I need to, I need to take something, do something, have something to get rid of this (laughs) human feeling that I have. Um, So I think that we are always, we are of source. We are of the divine. We're of the divine feminine. So we're always connected, but I think that we can distance, we can drift away. Right. And so it's about taking that, I call it the long walk back to yourself where you decide that for better or worse, this, this is who I am. And I want to return to that, but absolutely an addiction. It is this very terrifying, unsettling sense of, I I don't have a home within me. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we're constantly seeking shelter in anything outside of ourselves that might give us a sense of ephemeral sense of peace, but it doesn't last. Right. Because if you're looking outside, anything external is never, it's not eternal, but we are right. Mm -hmm. When we find and connect with our soul, that's infinite acceptance and love and safety and security. But again, the addict life is you're just, you've decided that no, that doesn't exist within me. Cause again, it's that self-rejection. It's that sense of not me. There's something really wrong with me. And I think that that belief lives in most people with addiction, that there's something Mm -hmm. so wrong with me that I can never be like everyone else. I can never just be who I am. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So true. I love the concept of the silver chain. I mean, I've, I've always had that same belief of when, when someone's in active addiction, that like your soul is like this separate entity from your physical body floating, hanging out. But I love the concept of the silver chain. It's uh, yeah, it's a beautiful visual. Um, so in the conversation around like self-rejection and coming into the space of self-acceptance, because I know for me personally, like I, I had a serious eating disorder for 18 years and loathe myself like suicidal ideation like couldn't look at myself in the mirror got ready in the dark um and so when you speak about self-rejection and then coming into the space of being like the full embodiment of the divine feminine of who you are and the work that you facilitate like how can someone who's listening that perhaps is in this place of this self-rejection like what are some steps that they can start to take to get them closer to the space of self-acceptance. Yeah. I think it's different for everybody, right? Like what resonates for them, what they can really relate to, because I think it's difficult because I know when I first got sober, I didn't have any sense, a strong sense of spirituality. I, my greatest sense was I, I really resonated with, I loved reading inspirational quotes and certain sentiments just felt like, okay, there's something there. There's something that makes me feel a little bit good about myself. And that maybe just maybe I do have potential to love myself and to be my own unique person and not try to be everything to everybody else. So that's what got me on the path, but it was hard because I didn't have any religion. And I were also given the idea that that's the only way to God. Right. And I myself was like, well, then I'm not going because Mm -hmm. I don't connect with religion. I don't, I that's just my personal feeling. I just felt like there's something that just doesn't sit right with me. I don't, I have nothing against it. And, And I know it serves people very much so, but for me, it wasn't my, my avenue to that. And so I, I, that was a big reason I felt lost and I didn't know how to connect with this sense of acceptance. Cause I was like, well, where, where is, I don't see it anywhere. 
Um, I would, I read, you know, some helpful books, right? There's some self-help books, but they don't always necessarily get through. But for me, what it took was, um, was really hitting a wall with, I, I was, I was constantly trying to change how I looked because I thought maybe that was why I didn't like myself. I was so sure that it was because I didn't look the right way. And I did everything under the sun to change myself and contort myself. And, and I got quote unquote good results, but it, but then I realized it wasn't enough. Cause I reached a point where I felt like I finally looked how I always wanted to look, but I was still miserable and I was getting more of the attention that I thought I always wanted, but I was still unhappy and didn't feel good enough. And that I just remember this, remember this day I went for a run. Cause I was just feeling like, why am I still so unhappy with myself? And I was running, running and I burst out in tears. And I was like, well, maybe it's not about how you look. Maybe it's about not being able to connect with what's inside. And I just got this guidance. And this is also why I'm big on the divine feminine is because some of the principles of the divine feminine is intuition and listening to that quiet voice inside, trusting your own personal knowing, not looking outside for answers, but trusting that your heart is speaking to you, right? Your, your higher wisdom is speaking to you. It's there for you. You have gifts of intuition of, I would, I call them psychic gifts that can guide you. And I was guided to go to a spiritual bookshop. I don't know why it was just, I just felt like I need to go to this bookstore. It was called East West books. And I found these books about the soul. And of course we've all heard of the idea of a soul, but I just, something about it just really drew me in. And it essentially was this idea of the quote on the front cover of this book said, loving yourself from the inside, from the outside in is a doomed prospect. Mm -hmm. And that just spoke directly to me because that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to love myself from the outside in. So when you ask, how can people start? I hope maybe that's an inception point for people is consider the idea of loving yourself from the inside out. What can you find for you that has no external presence? It's your heart. It's what's in what you care about, what you value, how you feel. Another pivotal point for me was I was doing a yoga class during this time too, and having an emotional sort of upheaval. And I remember thinking, I don't need to look or have, or do any certain thing to give love. I just, I was doing like a heart opener in yoga. And I, I realized I was like, my heart is always here. And I could be, you know, naked without any money or any means on the street. And I would still have my heart and I could still give love. I don't need a thing. And that also was a turning point for me where I said, well, why, why not focus on that? Why not focus on the thing that's inherently there, no matter what external conditions exist, rather than focus on, well, if I have, if I look this way and I have this partner and I have this job, then maybe like I can, no, you don't need any of that to give love. And it's about asking the question, well, what, what's most important to you? Mm. Is it to be a loving being that's true and in integrity with your values and beliefs, or is it to have superficial means and, you know, attributes. And, um, and I, I want to also add that I'm not saying that I'm like at that point where I'm just always like, all I do all day is give love. And I don't care about any externals. Like I, I actually operate on the basis during my, in my podcast of I'm in the trenches still with you guys. I'm not as deep as I used to be. And that's why I speak to this because I know what it's like to be six feet under and feel like, how the heck do I get out of this dark hole? But I'm still I would say I'm out of the hole, but I still, you know, feel close to the edge at times. I'll say that, right. Where it's like, okay, I feel like, I don't know how things are going to work out. I don't know why this hasn't happened for me yet. And it, 
I'm tempted to go back to those self-defeating thoughts. But back to your question, how do you start? I think it starts from, look, you got to go within. And again, that might be a little cliche and too related to self-help. But if you don't take a second to release a little bit of what everyone tells you, even me, even what you're hearing now, and just to think, what is it that I feel when I just sit with myself? And if I took off all my hats, all my titles, my who I am is for my job, as my profession, as a, a mother or a sister or a brother or a daughter or a wife or a girlfriend, whatever it is, who are you? And that's the place to start is who are you and what, what really matters to you? Because so often we can just get caught up in this race that suddenly we realize, why am I running this race? Why am I fighting this fight? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huge questions to ask yourself and can be like transformative and life-giving. So many things are coming up as you're sharing. So uh, one is, you know, I hear you keep sharing about like the external uh, validation, the external noise, and then you shared about like the intuition and, and trusting that guidance. So for someone who is in that space of really just drowning from that external noise, whether it's the seeking validation, seeking love, seeking acceptance, or it's just that everything just feels so noisy that they can't hear that voice within, how can they start to just start to listen more in depth and start to start to hear that voice? What are some things they can do to do that? Yeah. So again, it comes back to connecting with yourself and disconnecting with the external. So I want to offer that there are many ways to do this, right? Of course, there's the idea of meditation. However, I know for me and so many others, meditation can feel like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I can't, if I sit, it's just those voices coming through. So, and that's probably where you're at. If you're, if you feel bombarded, you know, cause your mind can truly feel like a prison sometimes when it just feels like all this chaos and not very nice, right? What messages and, and words being um, swirled around you. So we find other ways. I'm a big um, proponent of time out in nature, um, walking alone, taking solo time to walk through places where you feel at peace, whether it's the ocean, whether it's a forest, uh, you know, it could even just be in your own backyard sitting next to a tree, but there's something about nature that's inspiring because nature is truly exhibiting that principle that you don't have to force anything. Nature just exists, right? A tree doesn't sit around wondering like, well, why isn't this happening for me? And why it's, it's just doing what it innately knows to do, which is to let itself grow at its own time, right? Watch a flower. A flower can't blossom, you know, before it's ready. It's, it, it allows for the natural process. And when you see some of this, you can start to say, oh my gosh, like if I can look at this flower and this tree and see the sacredness and the beauty of it, why can't I see that in myself? Cause mm -hmm. what's the difference between you and that beautiful flower? Nothing except for these ideas that we've made up that, yeah, but I'm not remarkable enough. I'm not impressive enough. I don't have this or that. So I can't be like that tree. And I'm not saying it can happen overnight, but when we put ourselves more often in spaces and environments that are more aligned with what we want, we're more likely to move towards that. Right. I know for me, I, I needed to stop, um, going out, going out as much because when I would go out, it was just like, 
am I, are people looking at me? Do I, do I get attention? It was like this constant barometer of like, can I accept myself tonight? Because I get hit on or because I get attention or because I'm feel like the, you know, whatever it is. And, um, and that's a personal issue. I'm not saying everyone that's everyone's forte in terms of their issues, but I know it's common for women, right. To feel like we're only as good as how people see us and whether we're desirable or not. Mm -hmm. Um, but it can be a lot of different things. So it's about putting yourself in environments that are more conducive to what you want to achieve, peace, acceptance, love. So find those things, whatever it is for you. For some people it's sports, right? Being active and seeing the power of your body. I also needed to start practicing, not looking in mirrors so much and just noticing the beauty and power of my body, like just as it is. And whether it was, cause I, you know, as I said, I also suffered from an eating disorder. So my weight would fluctuate. And for years I could not accept myself if my weight was over my set point, right. That I like, Oh, well I'm at this weight now. So like, I don't, of course I don't love myself. Are you kidding me? Like, and I would, oh, the things I would say to myself were so horrific. Um, so I stopped using a scale and I stopped looking in mirrors because I had to, they say, um, if you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. So my life revolved around different ways that I could gauge whether I was worthy, mm. the scale attention from men, you know, all these different things, mirrors, validation, success. So I had to start moving in ways that were not that I had to look to sources that were not trying to determine my external value and that were helping me connect with my internal inherent value, right? Which again, to me was going to bookstores and reading about the inherent value of our everlasting soul. <laughs> like It's really powerful. And again, it's just wild that on this planet, we give about this tiny little amount of credit to our everlasting soul. And we give the world a value to beauty and reverence and success and money. It's wild, <laughs> very backwards, very upside down. Right. Which to me though, that's what gives me hope. And that's why I'm so into this idea of the divine feminine is the, the only thing we're seeing here is just a, a deficit right? I, I use the analogy that it's like, we, you need both hot and cold water to get that perfect temperature. Right. But right now we're just pouring that scalding, hot, masculine only energy. And we like, we don't have enough of that cooling, soothing divine feminine. But as soon as we really catch on to that and we allow for more divine feminine concepts to be woven and introduced, we're going to be like, Oh gosh, that's so much better. <laughs> Yeah. So that's what I encourage in my work. And I think, so finding those, we, we can just call them divine feminine outlets in your life. Again, whether it's through exercise, reading books that are powerful for you, time in nature, time with things that don't make you think about your external value, but make you allow you to help you connect with that, which is eternal and that, which is inherently beautiful and a value just as, as it is. Again, for me, it's nature, but also animals. I'm such a proponent of time with animals because animals will love you no matter what. They don't care who you are or what you do or what you look like. They will give you love. Some, unless it's a cat sometimes, because sometimes they're better than you, <laughs> but they just are. So you can't blame them. <laughs> but I know like I have a dog and she brings me so much joy because she doesn't, she's just as excited about every single day and she loves me no matter what. And I just, you know, I like to go outside. I now live on like a, a small farm and I spend time with chickens or goats. They just, they're just doing their thing again, just like the tree. They're not thinking about like, have I achieved enough in my life? They're just living their life. And so they help me ground myself and say, maybe 
just as you are, whatever you're doing today is enough. Mm-hmm. And it's its own unique, beautiful experience. So those outlets, whatever it is for you is what help can help you take that walk back to yourself. Right. And I, you asked about that brain chatter. Then you start to see the volume gets turned down a little bit. If you're going to the exact sources that rev up that noise in your head, you, it's not going to make it better. So you say, okay, well, what does make it better? Okay. Well, I notice when I get enough sleep, when I speak kindly to myself and my body, when I have friends, that's another thing. When I associate with people who also are kind to themselves, I, I'll say that, you know, as I went on in my journey, we surround ourselves with people who are like us. So as I started to want to make peace with myself, I realized, oh, a lot of my long-term friends are back there in that place where I was, where they're not very nice to themselves. And I love them truly because they're my friends. But if I stay around that energy, it's, it's not what I'm wanting anymore. So I had, and that happens in life, right? We change, we evolve and we, it's for our highest good to be surrounded by others who are also yearning for and wanting similar experiences. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes just have to, you know, they call it detaching with love. That's actually a term in addiction, right? Where you have somebody that you love desperately, but they are, they cannot let go of this addiction. And you've gone through the ringer with them trying to get them help. And eventually you have to say, I love you, but I cannot be in this anymore. I have to detach with love. This is your journey. Cause it is true that it's everyone's own journey. And the truth is we can't save anybody. You know, nobody could have saved me before I was ready to save myself. And, but the thing is when we feel ready to save ourselves, that literally means saving ourselves. And it means sometimes letting go of things that kept us underwater. Mm -hmm. Mm. So much gold in this conversation and so much truth. And I love everything that you shared specifically around, you know, as we grow and evolve and expand, you know, we, we lose these past identities, right? And so when we have these friendships or relationships that we are when when we grow and expand and evolve and we are kind of recognizing that they're not supportive of this new space that we're in what can you share for those people that might be in that space where like holy like i've really been committed to my self-growth my evolution my connection to self my divine feminine and i've noticed that i'm all alone here right and so it's easy to retract back. It's easy to go to old ways of being because it doesn't feel like we're safe or supported in this space. So do you want to tap into that a little bit deeper? Absolutely. So I just got this visual. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I had this beautiful tarot deck called Oracle of Wisdom and there's a car, a card called come to the edge. And I think of this because we do reach a point where we, we kind of look behind us and we say, that's not me anymore. You know, everything that's been in my life, there's, I don't know what there's something on the other side, like, you know, come to the edge. It's like, there's something waiting for me. I don't know what it is. I can't see it yet, but I know it's not, it's something different than I've had before. So again, speaking to the divine feminine energy, it's about tapping in and just, you know, sort of exploring like, what, is there some guidance for me here? How do I move forward? And sometimes all you get is just go just, you know, they call it a leap of faith, right? And you have to trust that the universe will not abandon you, especially if you, if you're listening to this podcast, it's because I personally believe that souls have a, you know, every single lifetime we go through, we're at a different level in our evolution. 
And if you're listening to a podcast like this, and if this message is connecting with you is because your soul is ready for something big this time, your soul is ready to really discover itself and start to really understand its true essence and abilities. And so at that point, you know, you will reach a position where you have to say, I don't know what comes next. I don't know what a new job would look like. I don't know what it's going to feel like to leave this partnership that no longer serves me. I don't know what it's like to have to cut ties with my family members. You know, wow. I never thought I was gonna have to do that. But sometimes we realize that our family in this lifetime is no longer a part of our journey moving forward because as a therapist, but also my spiritual belief is that it doesn't matter if someone is, is your family or a partner. If you find that being around them and subjecting yourself to them continues to cause the same pattern of strife and negativity. Again, you can disconnect with love and say, I know that you are my family and maybe someday we can reconnect. But for now in my journey, I need to release and move forward. So again, listening to this podcast, I think that you're ready. If you're in that position to believe that you will meet the right people on your path. So continue to go to places and do things that you feel connected with and called to. Mm-hmm. Cause so often then we will just happen quote unquote to meet somebody who's aligned with what we're seeking to achieve or move into that will find an opportunity that we didn't even know about. Again, the universe is always conspiring in our favor, especially when we indicate that we're ready. And here's like a mantra I do, you know, to sort of wake up and say, I open myself to everything that comes into my path with love, right? So if it's meant for me, it's going to come to me. Whoever's listening, if something is meant for you, it will find you. But, and once we've declared that we're ready for that, things will come in that we had never beyond our dreams, right? Because we couldn't have written it ourselves. It's, it's this brilliant unfolding. And, you know, I'll give an example. I'm at a point where I I shared with you, Megan, that I've been a nomad for a few years and I've been staying in a place in Bend, Oregon that I just love. Bend is a phenomenal town. It is just beautiful and so many fun things to do and activities in this setting. You just can't beat it. And I was making plans to stay here long-term and I just got a big intuitive hit that said, no, you can't stay here. You've gotten and learned what you were meant to from this experience, but it's time for you to move on. And I didn't like that. I said, what's like, you know, I've, I've been, you know, traveling and on the go for so long. I thought, and they just said, no, there's, there's more for you out there. And when I asked what, all I got was, you, you need to keep moving east. There's something, and I had no other direction besides that. So I'm about to take that leap of faith. Next month, I'm moving out of where I've lived for almost a year. And I'm just going to pack up my car and go again. And I don't know what I'm going to find, but it's, again, it's that come to the edge point where you have to just trust and say, I know that something bigger than me is guiding me towards something that's going to be so brilliant and so beautiful. And I'm going to take that risk because otherwise we stay put and we maybe won't get to realize our, our true potential or the true gifts that life has in store for us. Mm. So incredible, so deep, so profound. I just love this conversation. And I was just, as you were speaking, I was just envisioning your younger self and just like seeing her just being so proud of you for where you are and the work that you're facilitating. And yeah, it's incredible to really learn where you've come from and to see where you are and now to live this in this space of being the embodiment of your work and really 
leading your life with deep trust and and trusting within your divine feminine is just incredible. So deep bows to you. Thank you, Megan. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Dropped In. For those that are listening, how can they connect with you? Yeah, well, probably the best way is to find me on Instagram, which is at Women Waken. And for who's ever listening, if you find me and if you add me on there and send me a, a direct message, I'd be happy to pull a few cards for you and connect. I love connecting with those out there who resonate with my message and those who, again, who find themselves in the place where I was, because that's, that's all I want to do with my life is just to help others help lift others up so that we can all begin to walk forward together. Cause I really do believe there is like this beautiful, amazing time and place waiting for all of us. I really believe that the world is on the verge of a huge shift and change. That's going to be so much more marvelous than we can even imagine. Anyway, so you can find me on Instagram. Um, I also have my Women Waken podcast, which I have a YouTube at Women Waken, and I'm on all the uh, podcast platforms. Incredible, incredible. And I couldn't agree with you more with all that you shared. And, you know, as Ram Dass said, we're all walking each other home. And, but no, I do see, I do see big shifts and changes happening as well. And the more that we shine our light, the more that we can create this beautiful ripple effect that will really create this incredible impact on humanity. So thank you for the work that you do. So before we say goodbye, I would love to ask you, what's a message of hope that you can give to our listeners who perhaps feel like they want to quit or throw in the towel? Yeah. So what just came to me was a phrase that I love to share often, which is you are your own greatest source of wisdom, Mm -hmm. because I think we all need to be able to feel and believe that we inherently have our own greatest source of love and trust and wisdom that we don't need to seek it anywhere else. And when we, the first time we really tap into that, it's such an amazing feeling because it's almost like you can feel Again, whatever word you want to use, God, source, the divine feminine, you feel it in you. You feel your soul, you feel your heart. And then again, as I spoke to before, you realize that it's always been there and it's always there. And that's your greatest source of power. So I encourage everyone to remember that is that, you know, you, and not only is it there, but it's your own unique flavor. That's the other cool thing is that everyone's wisdom and knowing and gifts are their own brilliant shade of what are the universal colors, which are infinite. So see what that is. You know, I would encourage anybody to get curious about that. If you're feeling lost and trying to be like others, right? Cause that's another thing we get caught up in our world is like, I want to be like them. I want what they have. I want people to talk to me and see me like, cause that's what I always saw. I would look at everybody else and be like, why don't, why aren't people like that towards me? Why don't I, you know, feel that way. And I had to let that go and say, well, who are you? not who are they, not how can you be like that, but who are you? And that's also a big question to ask is, you know, who am I? And then start to get excited about that. Mm. So much yes to all of that. Thank you so much. What a beautiful way to close our incredible episode. So thank you again, Whitney. It was incredible to meet you. And uh, I will definitely connect with you over on IG for sure. Beautiful. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. Thank you so much for dropping in with me today. If you loved this episode, I would be forever grateful if you rated and reviewed. And if you feel called to share it with your community on social media, 
please tag me so I can thank you personally. Until next time, I will see you on Dropped In.